2022 is over, so it's now time to predict what's going to happen with Nikon releases in 2023. That's right. Grab yourself a cup of your favorite warm beverage while we discuss what we think is going to happen this coming year. No one else done this video, so here we are to fill this void. All right, let's start with cameras first, and we will start with full-frame cameras. What do you think is going to come first? Well, you keep talking about a Z8, so... I do, I do that. I guess this is the one video where I will allow it. <laughs> Usually I don't like to talk about things that haven't happened yet, but because that's what this video is all about, we're going to go there. So the Z8 would be, as far as you're concerned, a step down from the Z9 in terms of price point, but a step up in terms of resolution. Well, that's my hope, and it's based on effectively a DSLR lineup. So we're looking at the past performance effectively. You don't do this in stocks and shares, but we looking at Nikon past lineup. So D6 was a good low resolution, good odds focus, and amazing low light performance camera. And then we had D850, which will give you a lot of benefits of speed and also focus, but will give you a higher resolution at a smaller frame rate and maybe not as good in low light. Now, my hope that yes, we're gonna get a higher resolution and there's a lot of people who don't agree with me on that and it's absolutely fine. Another take on this one is gonna be a mini Z9, which basically will have the same resolution, slightly lower frame rate compared mm. to Z9, but obviously you shaved off the grip, it still hopefully is gonna be slightly larger in size compared to Z7 and Z6 models, but who knows? I see this point of view from the point of, you look at the other manufacturers, like GFX Fujifilm. They had GFX 100, which was the size of Z9 with the built-in grip, yeah. and was very expensive. I think it was about 10,000 pounds at the time. And then they released the GFX 100S, which was basically the same camera with a few improvements with a shaved off grip. And I understand this point. Now, my question for that logic is how many GFX 100 they sold after GFX 100S release? And the point of it being is how many Z9 will you sell after releasing Z8 with a lot of features? So you will sell a lot less of those. Yes, it will cannibalize the sales of the Z9 for sure. So I suppose the question becomes, will Nikon repeat their past trends as in D3 to D700, mm -hmm. then D3X, which was ultimately replaced out by the D800, even though they weren't released within the same span of time. We always find that those smaller bodies that mimic the capabilities or the use cases of the bigger flagship cameras will eventually eat up the sales from the bigger flagship cameras. We don't necessarily want that. I agree with you. I am hoping that it will be higher resolution, smaller body, middle of the road price point. So not quite the price of a Z9, but not far off it because we're looking at something that could be more than 45 megapixels. So what's your prediction on the price then? Was it something like three and a half, 4K, four and a half? So price between 4,000 and four and a half, I reckon 4,299 as a thousand pounds cheaper than the Z9. They can of course go a little bit more aggressive, just like they did with Z9, where they undercut Sony A1 by I think about $500 or so. Now, from another point of having the same sensor, as Z9, so 45 megapixel sensor, is obviously it would be probably a lot easier to produce. Just for the reason is you don't need to get completely another unit, etc., etc. Now, from rumors we've got so far that camera's pretty much ready and it's just been sitting for a reason of some supply shortages, which we still had in 2022. And we're still in the aftermath of those COVID years in a way. 
So the different points of view, I personally think that, yeah, we hope for a slightly higher resolution sensor. I know, again, a lot of people say that once you start to go over 45 megapixels, you start to go high, diffraction becomes a real thing, and it's a balancing act of uh, getting the details and getting the higher resolution. So there's a lot of challenges for Nikon. So yes, there's a chance that they will stay with the same sensor. My hope they'll go a little bit higher, but again, let us know what you think. Now, let's talk about the time frame. When do you think the camera will be released? Well, I know what you think. <laughs> so we're looking at the first quarter of 2023. I would be very surprised if it was later than that at this point. We have two major photography shows coming up in the first couple of months of this coming year. So I would think one of those two would be a candidate, at least for a development announcement. So CP Plus? Or with, CES, maybe. With a potential release sometime end of March, beginning of April. Yeah. I agree with you. I think they want to do it before the end of financial year, which is basically 1st of April. And in terms of this, I think it also makes sense if we start to look at the other cameras, they need to give a space between Z8 and potential Gen 3 of Z6 and Z7 Mark II cameras. So the reason for that being is if those cameras will get a lot of features from Z9 trickling down to Z8, and Z6 and Z7, you need to give space in order to sell amount of units. For sure. So I agree with you, but let's hope that they, that will happen very early. So the good news is that the wait is not very long and CP Plus is in February in Japan. There's also CES in January, but I don't think we'll see anything there. Who knows? But here we go. Right around the corner, folks. All right, so let's go down to Z6 and Z7 Gen 3. Do you think it's going to happen in 2023 or do you think it will spill into 2024? I would love to see a Z6 Mark III. A Z7 Mark III will entirely hinge on what the Z8's capabilities are. Because if I just look at the trends of pricing, the Z7 was two and a half thousand when it first came out. The Z7 II was three thousand or just over when it first came out. If they brought out a Z7 III, I would assume it would be about three and a half thousand, at which point is it, does it make sense if a Z8 is going to come out at around 4,000? Also, does it make sense if they're all 45 megapixels? makes no sense if yeah. they're all 45 megapixels. One of the things that Seth Miranda mentioned in his prediction, they say if that's the case, then Z7 will have an older non-backlit sensor, sensor, and then obviously Z8 will have the same sensor as Z9, and that way you can differentiate different price points. You also will have obviously reduction in frames per second and maybe not as fast autofocus, but I personally hope that we will get the same autofocus on all cameras. It's just we'll bring the Nikon up to date with other manufacturers in terms of speed of autofocus, and all current camera manufacturers are really, really good, especially if you look at the current generation of cameras. Now, Nikon needs to get there with the Gen 3 cameras, I think. For sure. So when do you think we might see a Z6 III, Z7 III? Well, in my opinion, we're probably looking at autumn, the earliest. And again, the reason for that being is you want to give space between Z8 release and all those features. And then you want to release cheaper cameras to have the same technology. Nothing to do with the consumer point of view, but more to do with you wanting to sell in more units as a company. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's the reason for that. It may spill to 2024, but I personally think that we need to get Gen 3 cameras as soon as possible. The reason for that being is that Gen 2 cameras are really, really good, and people who use them, they rave about it. But I think the major consensus at the moment is that Oldsfolk's performance of other brands, there, they have slight advantage, and that's where Nikon should hopefully improve with the Gen 3 cameras.
Excellent. Now, just as a side note to tag onto the end of full-frame cameras, do you think we'll see a Z5 replacement this year? To be honest with you, I think if we still sell it for about £1,000 a body, mm. then it probably doesn't make sense because then you're going to have this entry-level full-frame camera, which, in my opinion, is a superb camera, and it's definitely underappreciated by Nikon community. It's a great way to get into the full-frame system currently, and I think... If they'll do this, it's probably we'll see more of an evolutionary update. It won't, won't be a huge leap in terms of performance. It is possible, but I don't keep my hopes up on this. Now, there's also a full-frame retro Nikon ZF. My dream camera. Do you think it's going to happen? Obviously, they released a ZFC, which was aimed at a cool young crowd, but mm -hmm. also kind of scratched that each of nostalgia for a lot of film photographers as well. Do you think they, we will see a full-frame version of that? I would love it. I don't see how realistic it is, but it's definitely a camera that I would personally buy if so. I would love it to have the innards of something like a Z7, but in that retro style design, it's going to be a pretty niche audience for that one, but I'm one of the niche. That's true, and who knows, maybe this time we will see silver and black versions of both cameras released at the same time and available to dealers all over the world. Do you think they will release any other full-frame camera, perhaps a dedicated video camera for Nikon Z system? I don't think so, because of the amount of features that they're packing into the Z9 to really turn it into a camera for videographers as well as serious stills photographers. So at this point, I don't really see a need for it, although I'm sure that some serious videographers would absolutely love the capability. Do you think we will see a full-frame Z30 equivalent? No. Here you have it, folks. Like you have spoken. <laughs> Speaking of DX cameras, let's start with what you think will be definitely replaced next year. I think the Z50 has had its time. I do love that little camera. I think it's great for what it is, but now it's time to see a replacement, an upgrade, potentially one that has all the great features available in the Z30 and the ZFC, including hot charging and longer video recording time and all that, but with a slightly souped-up sensor, better autofocus capabilities, and a faster frame rate, and potentially even no blackout. We have a, a gap in the market for the D500 owners. That's true. Maybe a USB-C port as well. That's nice to have nowadays. Would be handy. I personally hope for vibration reduction on the sensor yeah. in DX. Again, the first one for Nikon. There are other APS-C sensor cameras manufacturers that already have that, and I understand that it could be a challenge for Nikon to do that. But I think it's time to have something like this on DX body. And I totally agree with you. I think Z50 will become a more of a kind of D7000 series mm -hmm. of the cameras for if you look at the DSLR range. But we definitely have a gap for Z70 or Z90, whichever you call it, or Z500, which basically a replacement for top professional DX DSLR D500. Do you think we will see it? Do you think it's on the back burner with Nikon? What are your thoughts? I don't know. I, d I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be disappointed if they did announce it this year, but I don't know how many camera releases we're going to have in the next 12 months. We usually get two at the most. Very rarely do we get three in the span of 12 months. So, so you think it's 50-50? I think it's 50-50 at this stage. If we were to say Nikon normally announce a maximum of three cameras a year, then I think that one DX camera would be one of those releases. But which one it is, I couldn't say. 
Okay, so if you look at Z8 as a potential release and then Z6 and Z7, that's three cameras already. Yes, but Z6 and Z7 have always been announced together. So I would consider that one release. Mm, fair enough. And then a DX camera. And, okay. and whether it's the Z50 replacement or whether it's the Z500, you know, semi-pro, that I, I'm really not sure. I'd love to know what our viewers think. That's true. I mean, I personally hope that Nikon will give love to DX. We all know that, unfortunately, for Nikon, it doesn't seem to be a priority at the moment. But the hope is that we will get a camera like this, hopefully next year. It could spill to 2024, but fingers crossed, that's all I can say. They're definitely a dedicated niche of people who do want their T500 to be replaced with a mirrorless system. Yeah. And there's been a lot of different points of view of saying, well, why would you get a full frame camera and shoot in DX because you get all the functionality, et cetera, et cetera. People still say they want to stick to DX. And in terms of this, who knows? Who knows? Maybe they'll release it, maybe they won't, but what about camera like Z30? But what about a camera like Z30? Do you think it's early to replace one? Yeah, it only came out a few months ago. <laughs> ZFC? No, ZFC with the black ZFC that's just come out, I don't think that they will replace the ZFC. I think it will it will stay where it is for yeah. a, a good long while. My speculation is that the black ZFC eventually will be available at the dealers. Once the Nikon store sales slows down, then it will be available to everyone else. So thank you, Nikon, for that. <laughs> right. Any other cameras that you can think of that will potentially be released? No. All right. Okay. Let's move on to the lenses. Let's start with the full frame lenses. What do you think are the first lenses that are going to be released next year? Uh, guaranteed an 85 1.2. We've already seen those mysterious warranty cards making their way into 35 1.8. So I think we're we're pretty assured that that's imminent. It's very, very soon. It is. Now, the 200 to 600, which a lot of you have been screaming for and has been on the roadmap almost since the beginning of the Z lineup, uh, is definitely overdue. And Although last year we had our year of telephoto lenses, and to be honest, I'm kind of over the telephoto lenses, I know there is still that, that big niche market that want a 200 to 500 replacement. So I'm hoping that that will appear. All right. And last of all, I think we will see a 70 to 180 2.8 as we talked about in our releases video before. That one looks like it's going to be fairly imminent as well. It was freshly added to the lineup and it won't take long to manufacture because the design is already there in the guise of Tamron. Do you think Nikon will release other Tamron lenses in the Nikon shell? No, I actually think that that's it for the Tamron lenses or the or the Tamron designed lenses in Nikon shell with Nikon's autofocus system, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. All the benefits that we talked about about having a native Nikon Z lens in a Tamron design. One thing we haven't talked about is a 135. Do you think we'll see that this year? Well, who knows? I think 35 and 85 definitely will come this year. There's also, obviously, you've got 24 and 28. Why primes? Who knows? They may release those. 26 pancake. That probably will happen. I have a feeling about this. And it could be one of those body cup lenses, you know. And if it's coming from Nikon and not some Chinese manufacturer, it's probably will have much better quality. 135, I think it would be lovely mm -hmm. if we have those. I personally want to have 200 F2 as well, which for F mount is a legendary lens. I also hope maybe for the 600, something like 6.3 or F8, a less expensive lens compared to a 4 equivalent. So that way we will have a list of telephoto, wildlife, prime lenses that are very expensive and then some of them that are a little bit cheaper and smaller and lighter for enthusiasts. So that would make sense. Anything else for frame? I think that we might see 
And we have been talking about this the last few weeks in the Nikon report, but I think that we might actually see some more third-party lenses this year. Because Tamron obviously were given the go-ahead and green light on the 70-300, to which is a full-frame, non-VR telephoto lens. Budget-friendly, user-friendly, great for traveling about. I'd love to see a few more of those lenses that fill the gaps that Nikon haven't yet done on the roadmap. Do you think uh, there's any third-party lenses we might see? I think Sigma is a next big thing for mm -hmm. Nikon's Z lineup. And I think it's going to happen next year. We getting information pretty much from everywhere that Sigma is getting to space. Nothing officially confirmed the part of, well, senior management person replying in email saying that is happening. But I think it's going to be a big one. We've discussed what they potentially can release. We think art lenses are definitely uh, something that we should expect, 1.4 glass, in Nikon range, but also I think a lot of DX glasses are going to come in from Tamron's and Sigma's of the world, just for the reason that Nikon didn't release much in DX lineup. Now let's talk a bit about DX lenses and Nikon. Do you think we'll see something coming from Nikon? Yes, we definitely need more DX lenses in the lineup, and we know that there are at least two on the roadmap. We've got the little 24mm DX Prime, mm -hmm. which will be a nice one. I'm looking forward to that as a DX user. We know that the 40mm Special Edition is coming out and should be with us by the end of January. Mm -hmm. So that's not a DX lens, but is one that's been paired up with the ZFC mm -hmm. quite a lot. And then we have the wide angle 12 to 28mm. So that is a very much needed lens in the lineup. How do you feel about power zoom functionality instead of just traditional two ring setup? I don't know how they're going to actually realize this power zoom function. I hope it's not going to be the same as they did with the Nikon 1 system where it was a push button, you know, telephoto wide on the side of the lens. I wasn't so keen on that. I'm hoping what it really means is it will just be a very smooth zoom function so that if you want to use your camera for video work, for example, the Z30 vlogger people of the world, that it's going to be just a little bit more user-friendly for actually zooming during video. They are people as well. They are people as well. Vloggers are still people as our influences. But the geese are not ostriches. That's it on the lenses. Is anything else do you think that will come from Nikon next year? Something unexpected? I think that we might just finally see a speed light. Maybe it won't be a Nikon speed light. Maybe they'll finally officially license because we know that they're doing a partnership, right? Yeah, I think they've given up on flash guns person. Maybe in 2023, we'll see like Nissin or Profoto, but with the Nikon badge on the top, just like they did with Tamron. I don't think that they're gonna be producing any themselves. We know that there's part shortages for key flashes like the SB5000 and SB500, and those radio functionality flashes are the ones that are very, very difficult to get hold of because of lack of parts. So I think a flash of some description will appear at some point this coming year. That's true. I would love to see Nikon flash guns in the Nikon lineup. It's just, as we had in the past, all the serious camera manufacturers always had flash guns in their lineup. But if it doesn't happen, I think they've given up pretty much because you know we haven't seen any releases in the last, what, five, seven years or so. Who knows? Who knows? I personally think if you decide to switch to other manufacturers, which is not a problem, it's a matter of communicating it to your clientele. So obviously we're starting to see a lot of photographers using pro photo equipment and that has a full TTL functionality, et cetera, et cetera. I think communicating it to your customers 
would be a good thing. So we know when we buy the third-party flash, we know it's fully compatible with our Nikon camera. I think that's the reason why a lot of people tend to stick to the, to the same brand when they buy a camera in the flash. I, and I think that's what Nikon should do next year. Yeah. The only other brand that I'd like to see some, some more lenses from is Voigtlander or Fuchtländer, as yeah. we've been told to pronounce it. The Sigma lenses we know, Tamron lenses we've talked about, but Voigtländer are a brand that have been churning out compatible Z lenses at a pretty steady rate. They think, I think they did six this year. Quite a few. A lot. So I would like to see some maybe slightly longer lenses by them, a 105 perhaps, mm -hmm. we, an 85, we don't have those yet. They do have a 90mm f2.8 for the Nikon F mount. It would be lovely to see something small and compact like that for the Z mount, so. Mm, I want 28 because they just released 40 f1.2. They did. And I want 28. Doesn't need to be as big as 40. I mean, 40 is reasonably small for Voigtlander lens, but I want something even smaller as a street photography setup, again, something you don't need fast loads focus well. We have those nice 28 and 40 from Nikon. They're nice lenses. I don't mind spend a little bit extra for slightly better glass. Don't mind those focus if you're going to set it as a hyperfocal distance shooting. So, but I do enjoy what other lenses. I think they offer different rendering compared to the Nikon glass. So I think it's nice to have those lenses in the Nikon lineup. Now, another interesting trend that started to happen this year is a film photography revival. Now, in the middle of the year, we had the Leica M6 reissue, which a lot of people say, oh, it's a money grab from Leica, but from another point of view, it's actually open service and support for those parts for not just current new Leica M cameras, but also for the old M6 that have been out in a while. Having this service support is really important. Now, very recently, we also had the Ricoh Pentax announcing a film project. Well, there's no specific cameras that be announced, what they said is we want to bring all those people who helped us to design and release the film cameras in the past, we want to bring them back, they obviously retired, and pass that knowledge to younger generation, and potentially release new cameras. Now, they're talking about three different cameras, so one for younger generation, so something that is not going to be very expensive, mm -hmm. and could be something that wouldn't appeal, let's say, to seasoned photographers who used film cameras in the past, and then they're talking about a mid-range camera and then fully manual 35mm camera, maybe something like um, the Pentax K1000 or something like this. Very interesting development. They say it may happen, it may not. They will see how it goes. Okay. But just this announcement, I think, brings a lot of goodwill towards Ricoh and Pentax cameras. And I think as a this particular brand, it's been very niche because Ricoh released their GR cameras. So those point-and-shoot 28 and 40 millimeter cameras mm -hmm. without optical viewfinder, and they were quite popular among street photographers. Yeah. And also Pentax brand is still sticking to the DSLR format. That's so, right. So effectively a Pentaprism, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously while they're not selling in higher volumes, they're actually in Japan is one of the most popular brands. Now, do you think Nikon will consider film photography and decide to jump on that hype train? I don't think that they will, unfortunately. I, I kind of get the feeling that their R&D department is so focused on expanding and increasing and bringing more people into the Z fold, as it were, that we won't see any more film cameras from Nikon. What we do see instead at the moment is that secondhand Nikons are increasing in value. People are realizing that even Nikon Fs made back between the um, 60s and 70s are holding their value and still work perfectly as long as you service the light seals. So there is still a kind of legacy there by Nikon. They made fantastic and beautiful film cameras and lenses. And the beauty is it's all forwards compatible. 
what we are seeing now is more and more film emulsions and more film stock becoming available. So that excites me very much. The idea of different formats and different emulsions available and opening up film photography to more creative photographers. Well, Becky is saying this, Nikon is going to release their own film stock. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> they brought their, their own memory cards. Why not their own film yeah. stock? <laughs> Unfortunately, I do agree with you. I think Nikon will wait and see. And maybe if the trend continues into 2024, maybe there will be a slight change. But what's important for me is that passing that old knowledge yeah. to how to service all those old cameras. And obviously, if you start to design a new camera now, that means that you'll have all that support to the older cameras as well. And while production of those cameras won't be as cheap as the second-hand cameras they can buy now, they definitely will be more expensive. But you also will buy something modern and potentially get some advancements that we've got in the digital age as well. So fingers crossed, I agree with you, probably nothing from Nikon this year, but I personally think if Ricoh Pentax comes out with something that is that is not pink plastic 35-pound camera, like Rito or something like this, yeah. I will support it financially I will buy a camera from them. So if it's something like K1000, I will potentially buy a camera just to support that project. Nice. Fantastic. Is there anything else? I mean, photographic trends, have we seen any... It's interesting because the compact camera market, right? You know, cool pixels, no smaller bodies. I think that's pretty much vanished. Yeah, but then you've got, you got niches like X100V and GR cameras, and they sell. I mean, you yeah. know, X100 apparently was selling secondhand for more then you could buy a brand new because you just there was no stock. Which is crazy. I wondered if Nikon would ever bring out another Coolpix camera again. I have a feeling that they won't. I have a feeling that they're going to sort of slowly put the Coolpix range to bed. But that is a an area of, of camera that we haven't discussed very much at all. Yeah. Because Release Coolpix A. <laughs> you know, <laughs> re-release it with a newer sensor. I think it's, you know, 28 mil, release another one with 35. Mm. So Coolpix A28 and Coolpix A35, like TI25 and TI28. Yeah, I think that would be pretty cool, particularly if it was an all-metal design. That's something that would be really nice. I mean, yeah. now we're just talking sort of pie-in-the-sky potential yeah. releases, but there are definitely photographers. The other thing that could be crazy, which several people talked about to us in the past, was Nikon collaborating with a phone company to bring out a Nikon lens. You know, Leica have the Leica Ooh. lens mm -hmm. on certain yeah. Huawei and Samsung. Mm. Not really keen on that, but yeah. It's... No, but it's, uh, it's another area of photography that we maybe don't discuss very much, but phone photography is its own whole money-making yeah. area now. To be honest with you, I'd rather have Z6 II Pikachu edition or something like that. I would buy that. Bright yellow or something like yeah, that. Yeah, bright yellow. If it's a Z6 III and it's a Pikachu edition, I'll buy it. I'm up for that. And it's got ears. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, and here you have it, folks. What do you think are going to be the biggest trends in 2023? What do you think of our predictions as well? Do let us know in the comments below. Thanks for watching. Thank you very much for joining us. This year, we have appreciated your support immensely. Thank you for coming on this ride with us, for watching our reviews, leaving your comments, and for your super thanks as well. Let's have another prosperous year filled with lots of cameras, lenses, but most important, some creativity and photography itself. That's right. We will see you next year. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.